Phoenix wins it, 106 to 95. And I hope this isn't taken the wrong way. I'm not sure the game was this close. Phoenix is, you know, this is very similar to their win against Sacramento the other night where they were up by 10 the entire fourth quarter. They were up by 10 the entire fourth quarter here tonight. The Jazz go score less than a point of possession tonight on the offensive end. And really, that's the issue tonight. Offensively, the Jazz were not good. Phoenix is the number one defense in the NBA coming in, Ron. And they proved it. Maybe it's not a fluke so far. Well, they did. I think they had a 99% what 99 out of 100 possession they, they were very they've been very good for the most part their defense switching all over the floor um, I thought was very good for them uh, jazz defense they trailed over every screen Booker took really advantage of that because he would not let Royce O'Neal get between uh, him and the screener which means now Royce O'Neal is in his back and then he got he was able to get within his mid-range area for those little mid-range jump shots or you know a, a, a drawing kick for a three-point shot Chris Paul plays the same style of game I mean he uses the screens well and he'll keep his dribble alive long enough to make the right play I mean that type of offense just off of a simple pick and roll uh, is dangerous for them going against opponents when they trail over the top Chris Paul hasn't been particularly good yet for them. Well, his numbers are about the same as they last year, and I'm not sure if that was good or not. Right. Him, no, I mean, he know. just hasn't, like, he has not he even said the other day, I haven't made a shot yet. So, yeah. uh, Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott join us. Tim, what do you think? Uh, it was a tough one. Uh, really clunky. My thought is that uh, as easy as everything kind of came early, um, you know, the Jazz right now half in the half court, in my mind, that game was uh, really kind of lost in sh in, on shot selection. I think they dribbled into way more threes than, uh, like you mentioned, than uh, than they're accustomed to. Um, really, the, sh the threes they made were, for the most part, you said they were five assisted threes. Until, the, until Donovan got too late. Yeah. Right. Um, but majority of those came in, in transition and early offense, very few in the half court. I thought Phoenix did a great job of you know, really kind of being physical, getting up and denying and not allowing ball reversals, keeping the ball on a side. And, and then the Jazz just really didn't get anything out of their out of their pick and roll game tonight. Minus a couple empty sides where they got lobs. You know, Donovan threw that nice lob early to Rudy. I think they got another one. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was a really good effort by Phoenix defensively. And the Jazz just kind of uh, allowed, you know, by their shot selection, just allowed it to kind of happen. The off-the-bounce three is not a particularly good analytical shot, by the way. It's, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's it's not nearly as good as some other. What can they do to get more catch-and-shoot threes? What, why are they not getting catch-and-shoot threes? I think teams are staying home on them. Um, you know, they're not, like in this game, like, if you go back and watch it, they just, when the ball doesn't get reversed and you're not getting, you know, Rudy setting screen side to side and guys being able to penetrate, uh, that's what I thought Phoenix did a great job, too. They they really kind of played at the elbows. They played off their guys at the elbows. They almost encouraged you to pitch it, uh, but they weren't going to give up direct line drives for kickouts. So it was a it was a great approach by, by Monty Williams and Phoenix. And I think the Jazz have – part of it is as crazy as it is, is they got to get them early in transition or they got to be hell-bent on driving, you know, getting to the paint to find someone um, – and loosen everything up. 
I don't want to have high hopes that we're going to become a transition team all of a sudden. No, I don't think I don't think a transition team, but they were awfully. If you go back and chart it, they were awfully good in the opportunities they got um, when they pushed that thing and got the shots early. I think two or we three. Don't, we don't need to chart those things. Cleaning the glass is there for us to tell us these things. Okay, perfect. Let's see. Our half court. Oh my! Our half court offense tonight: seventy-four points per hundred possessions. Oh That's my! That's not good at all. Wow. Our That's what it felt like. Our transition offense tonight, over two points per possession. Over two points per possession in transition. The best transition game by anyone all year. Unfortunately, we were only in transition 8% of the time, the lowest rate of any team so far this season. So we had the most efficient transition of any team all year. Or just couldn't get in transition. We did it the f least of any team all year. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like the half court was really kind of clunky uh, when they made their runs. And, you know, Conley came out. I think they went bang, 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 three transition threes. Royce got one, Conley two. Um, but it really, there just wasn't enough of that. And and I think this team's got to find an easy way to get baskets. Um, and I think that transition, I, I'm not, I'm with you. I don't think they sell out and become a complete transition team. But... I think there is a, a piece of it they got to get more opportunities. It's pretty interesting. The defense was not bad tonight. Like every statistical metric yeah. of the defense was actually, I mean, 111 was the final offensive rating that I have. Um, but they only allowed 21% of the shots at the rim. They forced Phoenix into 41% mid-range shots. That's a pretty good start. Uh, 38 threes is a little high. Um, you know, Phoenix had a pretty unnatural shooting night. They hit 15 of 33 mid-range shots and 17 of 33 threes. Like, that's pretty high rate. The way wow. they snake those ball screens, I mean, that's where they get a lot of that. I mean, uh, Booker, and, Booker and Paul could almost, you know, they could do a clinic on how to snake it, keep a guy on your hip. I mean, that's, that, that's a real weapon. And when they get a lead and they can go to those guys, that's, that's really tough. All right, guys. Great job. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. You Back. just sit there quietly, don't you? I do. Well, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm soaking it in. You want to talk to Coach. I know who you want to talk to. It's all right. I like you too, Jake. Oh, I appreciate that, buddy. Uh, I'd happy rather New Year. ski with you than, than him. <laughs> yeah, I can't ski, but we'll golf, and I'll hit the fade. Yeah, Booner's left already. He's on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's already he's, he's on the elevator. You need, you need to go. Never mind. I don't want to announce that publicly. I'll tell you off okay. there. Call okay. me on the way home. See you. Bye. See you, David. All right, there you go. That's David Locke, Jazz Fall tonight at home. Uh, 106 to 95 to the Phoenix Suns. We'll break down coming up next. Jazz Game Night post game show kicks off straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show. Jazz fall to the Suns tonight, 106 to 95. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe with you. And, uh, you know, David said this toward the end of the broadcast. This game really wasn't even that close. So, Jazz, uh, once again, had a little energy there in the fourth quarter. But, uh, but really, this was all Phoenix all the time as uh, everything just kind of was difficult for the Jazz tonight. Yeah, and it's, it's weird to see how, you know, how easy things came early in the in the season against Portland, and then we've really kind of had to grind it out. Um, one positive point, I mean, they gave up uh, 105 points. So, I mean, they, they're playing good enough defense and contesting shots and doing a good enough job to keep the thing close. But right now, I just think they're miles away offensively from what, they'll, what they need to be and what they, they're capable of being. 
Seems like, and give Phoenix a lot of credit because they played tough defense, much like Minnesota and Oklahoma City, by the way. Uh, but uh, Bridges was terrific on on defense. We saw Crowder cause some problems, and uh, but uh, they they step up the pressure, and the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, for that matter, have had trouble uh, dealing with it. I wondered on my way up here too because I knew you know from the stats that they were the number one ranked team defensively, and I was so curious to see, you know, how that would kind of translate. And I can see with their length and the way their scheme was really good tonight. Um, you know, I think they they really focused on making things difficult early in the clock for the Jazz. And I can't, you know, count the number of times it's almost like the Jazz threw it back out to the top with 12 seconds right. left and they went to that high ball screen and to dribble into three. And, um, you know, you got to credit Phoenix with with a real big part of that. Devin Booker tonight had 25 points on 10 of 17 shooting. He also had seven assists and three rebounds. And on the other side of the ball, defensively, they've got to make it harder on him than that. Yeah, and, and, you know, he is a very, very difficult guard. I mean, he's the one guy I actually am really impressed because he's really taken some shots out of his game. And and I'm telling you, that piece of, of Chris Paul coming in with a little veteran savvy with these guys is so huge. Um, but yeah, you got to make him, you got to make him work for it. Um, it's really hard when you're not making shots to, to consistently stay in there, but he, he did, he got a lot of space in the ball screens. He did a great job of playing with real good pace and poise and keeping guys on his hip. And when he gets that thing in the mid range, I know we talk, you know, the, the mid range is a bad thing, but man, he makes a living in there a lot. Yeah, he sure does. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he does. That's what he does. He's always done that throughout right. his entire career. Yep. All right, with that, we will say good night and happy new year to our network stations. Our next broadcast coming your way tomorrow night. The L.A. Clippers are in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll get you sound from the locker room, and we'll continue to break this one down uh, straight ahead right here on Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Tough night for the Utah Jazz. They fall at home to the Phoenix Suns, 106-95. Jazz game night, post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. We will get you a sound from Coach Quinn Snyder uh, coming up here momentarily. But uh, let's start things off looking at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot 41.7% from the field, 35.3% from three. Uh, they were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 23 points on 9 of 23 shooting. Rudy Gobert added 18 points and 14 rebounds. He also had a block. Mike Conley was 16 points on 5 of 13 shooting. Jordan Clarkson had 12 coming in off the bench. Derek Favors uh, added 10. Um, uh, much improved in the assist front uh, from halftime, Tim. They had 16 total assists on 35 uh, made shots. Uh, as far as the Phoenix Suns go, they shot 48.8% from the field, 51.5% from three. Big night from three. Devin Booker with 25. Jay Crowder with uh, 16. Mikhail Bridges with 16. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Chris Paul added 11 to go along with eight assists. Devin Booker had seven assists to go along with his 25 points. He was he was really terrific tonight. And uh, Chris Paul was good, too. Chris Paul was a plus 12 in his 30 minutes out there on the floor. But Phoenix, you know, the stats show it. Phoenix uh, played a lot better tonight than the Jazz. Yeah, they and Phoenix actually offensively looked like what the Jazz want to be. Um, you know, they they spread you out. They drive you. And, you know, I got texts from friends all night saying, my goodness, Phoenix is wide open. Well, they're because they're making it work, they're getting two to the ball, and they're rotating it quickly. 
um, which is something the Jazz have not done now for, you know, in, in consistently for a couple games um, and just something that they, you know, they really do rely on to be good. Uh, the Jazz offensively, Tim, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, what we saw against Portland in the first game of the year, what we saw against Phoenix in the two preseason games these teams uh, faced up against, we really have not seen in the last three games. What is going on with the Jazz on offense? Um, you know, to me, it, it's different things. I think, uh, you know, one of the games, um, the, the Timberwolves games, although they didn't, look like themselves as much there were stretches where they did and they did miss a lot of shots that they typically make i just don't think tonight the shots that they took overall are shots that they can win consistently with um i am not a a big guy you know one guy touching the ball in a possession i think that happened 10 15 times tonight um and it wasn't you know isolated it was it was different guys um, so I just think, you know, getting a focus of, of figuring out, Hey, this is how we want to play. This is how we're, you know, we're not gonna, uh, we're not gonna just come down and not move the ball. Uh, you see when the ball moves, when the jazz get assists and really challenge the rim and kick out, that's when they're playing at their best. All right, let's get a look at your, um, points in the paint brought to you by Serta pro painters call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com that's Serta with a C we do painting you do live jazz actually outscored the Suns tonight in the paint 40 to 30 and DeAndre Aiden tonight Tim four points two of eight shooting did have nine rebounds three assists and and two block shots but uh, he certainly I don't want to say non-factor because that's overselling it but uh, Rudy certainly limited his effectiveness tonight. And, yeah, and he has a hard time with him. I watched that matchup all night specifically, and he wasn't about challenging Rudy too many times. So, you know, he, he had a couple, uh, I think the shots he made were fairly uncontested or, or you know, where Rudy was kind of in rotation. Um, but, yeah, R- Rudy definitely owned that really, that uh, that tonight. He's not really the type of player Rudy struggles with. Uh, not that Rudy really struggles with anybody. I mean, he's two-time defensive player of the year. But, uh, you know, going up against a, a player like Steven Adams, who's who's going to be big, strong, tough, uh, impossible to push around. I mean, those are the, the harder matchups, I think, anyway, for Rudy Gobert. And I just don't think DeAndre Ayton's quite there yet. No, I actually believe he's going to be a better player because of Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul going there will really actually kind of um, give him some some real confidence and some know-how that perhaps he hasn't had, you know, watching Booker dribble around and shoot it. Uh, so I think he's going to be a more integral part of the team. I think he's really going to figure out the pick-and-roll game. Um, he is not a great perimeter shooter, so if he can add that, that's another piece. But, yeah, um, he, he's a nice player. But, uh, again, when you put it in the context that Luca came <laughs> – couple picks after him that's a hard one to yeah, swallow it is we're always going to remember those players that were picked in front of uh in front of luca no matter how i mean you know aiden might turn out to be a really solid player but probably not going to be luca no and yeah i mean there's only a couple of those guys and they had their opportunity and missed on him but i i think aiden will be a good player i don't think he's a bust i think he's a good player and i think the nucleus with this team is I, I kind of see what everybody's freaking about out about with Phoenix early on. Um, I didn't see it uh, perhaps, you know, when it first went down, but I love the way they're playing the chemistry and, and how hard they play defensively. All right, let's uh, go down. Uh, uh, let's go down, I guess not technically to the locker room, the interview room where Quinn Snyder is addressing uh, the media. All right. Um, first up, we'll have Tony Jones, the athletic. 
Coach, can you pinpoint why you guys have had um, some struggles, some of these struggles, the last three games on, on both ends of the floor? Well, I, you know, I, I think their pressure sped us up on the first half, you know, and you need to drive the ball. Um, there, there's a number of things. I, I, I guess the way I would characterize it the, the best is just we've had breakdowns, whether um, whether it be on offense, whether we're not spaced, um, reads defensively, we're overhelping. There's just a number of situations where we need to be collectively better, um, where we have a breakdown on a possession and you get, there's a rip, you know, a domino effect and you pay for it. I thought, you know, on the offensive end, um, you know, late in the game, we finally started getting into the lane and, and making plays for other people. Um, but again, collectively, everybody's got to run, you know, everybody's got to cut hard. Um, you know, we have to make good decisions as a group. It's not one guy, um, the same thing defensively. Um, you know, if, if we're not focused on what the, our job is in the given possession um, against a team, particularly the way that the Phoenix was shooting the ball, um, we just gave them open looks when we overhelped at times. Um, so it's it's a general thing. I wouldn't pinpoint one thing. I think you know you, you could look at a lot of things and dissect the game. Right. Uh, next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. You, you referenced the overhelping on defense. Is that pretty much what contributed to Phoenix getting so many of those open looks? They go 17 of 33 beyond the arc tonight. Yeah, I mean th there was a number of things. I thought we we were hurt in transition with some you know kick ahead threes where. You know, we needed to be more urgent getting back. And there were other situations where, you know, having an awareness of, you know, the, the situation defensively, if it's a pick and roll situation where we're pulling too far in and, you know, not anticipating getting back out and guys getting open looks just from helping from the strong side. All right. Ben Anderson, KSLsports.com. Quinn, only uh, five shots from Boyan Bogdanovich tonight. Is that Mikhail Bridges? Is that something the Suns was doing? Um, you know, they did a good job defensively. They're long and, you know, they, they worked. So um, I, I'd have to look at the film and, and see, you know, some of those specific situations. But, you know, I think, you know, we, we didn't play well. I don't think, you know, individually we played well. And sometimes if you're not playing well individually, you have to play better collectively. All right, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. This may be too soon for this question, but it does seem like you guys have struggled, you know, despite the continuity, maybe struggled in the early parts of seasons. Do you have a sense of why that might be? Or, you know, is, is this, is it too soon to say so? And, uh, you know, you, you may have a different explanation. Yeah, you know, I think if you look at that, Andy, you could certainly um, make that argument. In, in my mind, you know, every season's different. As you mentioned, you know, a team that's been together, um, you know, for the most part, with the exception of Fave, guys, you know, guys' roles may be different. Um, we just have to be better. You know, I, I, we can look at a lot of things and, and there's a lot of causes to it, um, things that we can do and things that we have done. Um, but we haven't, you know, we played really well against Portland, you know, as I think as well as we could play. And then, you know, we haven't played well since then. And I think, 
you know, for us, there's certain things that we know we need to do to be successful and we, we need to do them. And if we're not, you know, playing to our strengths, it's going to be difficult for us. All right. Last question will be a follow up from Eric Walden. Quinn, it seems like for the third straight game, Donovan, Mike, and some of the ball handlers really kind of struggled against physical, aggressive kind of perimeter defense. Javon Carter tonight, uh, Lou Dort the other night, Okogi against Minnesota. Is that something that you're seeing increasingly from from opposing teams? Is that kind of the book right now to be physical with your with your ball handlers out on the perimeter? I, I think. I think we get we've gotten sped up at times. Um, you know, we started running, you know, a lot of pick and roll because that's the best way to attack that kind of pressure. Where we just space the floor and and try to get an advantage. But um, once you get an advantage, we've you know we've got to make plays for each other. Um, you know, Mike and Donovan, and we, we they're they're great players, and I think all of us. You know, whether you're getting pressure with the ball or someone's denying a catch, whatever the case may be, you know, I, I, I don't think we ran the court as well as we need to. And oftentimes, if you're getting that type of pressure in half court by, you know, really running and creating space for yourselves, it allows you to have a more attacking mindset. Um, you know, and again, I, I thought there was portions of the game where we did that and we had success. Um, but, you know, we've got some guys that are quick with the ball and they can get by and um, we just need to be better. All right. That's it. Thank you, Coach. Okay. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Um, he said something there, Tim, that you and I were chatting about off the air. We just haven't seen the team we saw at Portland since. And I know that they beat Oklahoma City, but really it was a, one of those kind of slog it out, had to come from behind at the last minute uh, type of situations. We just haven't seen that same team the last three games. Yeah, and he the other interesting point, and I think uh, it, it's something he must have seen in the game, but he's like, you know, every guy's got to run. Every guy's got to cut hard. Um, offense is a, I mean, there, especially at this level, it's a precision thing. Um, you can't go out there and kind of go through the motions and have it work against a team that's really going to get into you. Um, and the idea that their defense sped the Jazz up, I totally buy. Um, and that it really did force tough decisions, whether it be shot selection or turnover. And that's another team that's done it to the Jazz, so it's obviously something that is uh, certainly good for the defense to do and something the Jazz have to work on. Um, you know, not anything, you know, that you you say, hey, this is going to destroy us or make our season bad. Or, But just right now there seems to be a couple pieces disconnected that you've got to kind of plug back in. And coaches are smart. I mean, if this is working against this Jazz team, I would expect <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. else to do it until they figure oh, it out. For sure. I mean, when you see something work, and this is this is something you, you just watch, and there's a ma major aversion, you know, from Donovan and Boyan when guys get up and face guard them and deny them, don't let them get the reversal, and it takes discipline to to figure out ways to get, um, you know, to continue your offense and still be effective, and that's what the Jazz will just continue to have to drill. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final score, the Suns beat the Jazz tonight, 106-95. to More sound uh, from the players coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz fall tonight at home to the Suns, 106-95. We'll uh, throw live to some players when they are made available. We are patiently waiting, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but a uh, tough night tonight for the Utah Jazz. Let's uh, take a look at your... Um, Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. You're back for another year of great basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Your Master of the Glass tonight, as usual, Rudy Gobert, 14 rebounds, uh, two of which uh, came on the offensive side. But uh, big ups to Royce O'Neal. He had nine boards tonight as, you know, Royce... Uh, he, he rebounds above his class, that's for sure. He was the second-leading rebounder on this Jazz team last year, and probably he's going to be the second-leading rebounder on this year's Jazz team as well. Yeah, he, he knows his role, and he, he does his best out there. Um, you know, he was a little overmatched tonight trying to guard Booker, as most would be in the league. Um, but I loved his competitiveness and the fact he got nine rebounds. Um, and then Rudy, uh, another just stellar night. You know, 18 and 14, thought he, uh, he definitely impacted the game. Um, and the Jazz, you know, this game was not, it really wasn't about the defensive side. They, they had some breakdowns, as Quinn alluded to, uh, but the majority of the Jazz's issues tonight were kind of self-inflicted offensive issues. Yeah, and they've got to get those figured out because this is uh, not the first game that they've had those offensive issues. I mean, if you look at it, uh, Rudy was uh, seven for nine, but he was really the only one who had a decent shooting night. Royce was three of six. Let's go now down. Uh, Mike Conley is addressing the media. All right. Whenever you guys are ready on your end, just uh, unmute it and we'll get going. Can you hear me, Mike? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, we'll go to our first question. We'll be from Kristen Kennedy, Jazz TV. Hey, Mike. Uh, it's still early. Uh, what areas can you guys control as you move forward and back on the court? Quick turnaround tomorrow. Um, I think really just, uh, you know, our ability to be consistent with our, <clears throat> with our physical mentality that we want to try to, you know, implement in the game. I think tonight the Suns uh, put their foot down and put their stamp on the game. Um, they came out and, and were the aggressor, and, and that's what we want to be. That's what we want to we want to do and try to implement every night. And, um, and we can't do it for one or two quarters against good teams. Uh, so the consistency aspect of that is something that, we have full control over, which is a good thing. Um, and it's early in the year, so we have time to, to you know, to find that and uh, another game tomorrow to, to get back at it. All right. Uh, Tony Jones, the athletic. Kind of piggybacking off of that. I mean, is this, is it in some ways a good thing that you guys are about to go on a seven-game road trip where you guys are going to have to be, be able to play a lot and try to get a rhythm? Because some, as some, some ways you guys kind of look disconnected on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's always good to to get a good road trip in, especially early in the year. Um, a lot of good games, a lot of good teams coming up, and um, you know, honestly, we just you know we have to continue to work and continue to to not let one or two plays dictate what we are going to be for the rest of the game, and um, and not let teams take us out of what we want to do. You know, teams are going to scout us. Teams are going to continue to to scheme and switch things and, and try to make us, you know, be more one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, we'll, we'll have to continue to figure, way, figure out ways to just still, you know, put pressure on the rim and make plays for each other to, to keep our, uh, to keep our, you know, 
camaraderie going and, uh, and chemistry going. All right, uh, last question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, you mentioned uh, the need to be more physical, that the, that the Suns were the aggressors tonight. Seems like it's maybe the third game in a row where that's kind of happened where OKC came out, you know, physical in the half-court defense last game and Minnesota the game before that. What can you guys do better to kind of counteract when uh, when those teams are doing that to you? Well, I think one is, is be patient. Um, can't let teams speed us up. You know, even though we want to play play with great pace, but teams are picking us up. Be patient. You know, go through our reads. Uh, our offense can generate open looks for us, regardless of what defense is being played on us. And I think it's just on us to really be uh, consistent with you know our patience and our ability to to read every coverage uh, coming into each game. You know, it might be a, a theme now. That's what teams are trying to do to us to to get us out of rhythm. So um, we're going to have to adjust and we're going to have to get better at some things, you know, from top to bottom, each player um, and hold each other accountable while doing it. All right. That's it. Thanks, Mike. There you go. Mike Conley. And uh, he talking about, uh, well, using the same verbiage as, as Quinn Snyder talking about being sped up. Can't let teams speed them up. Uh, dig into that a little bit, coach. What are they getting to with that? Typically when teams jump into you, they're really physical with you they're overplaying things you know i think the tendency as a player is to speed up and and by speeding up you know you're maybe you're in in reality you, you just kind of relent um you know it affects your shot selection sometimes it affects how hard you really want to cut anymore um how hard you really want to run uh you know do you really want to go set this screen and get drilled i mean there's part of that so uh the the key to not getting sped up is what Mike said. We've got to trust what we've got an offense to handle all this. We just have to actually, it's part of being a little bit more mentally tough, being a little more patient and executing, even though you're seeing a little bit of a different look defensively. Let's go back down. Uh, Rudy's talking to the media. Sorry, I was talking while it was muted. Um, Rudy, Mike said that, you know, like tonight, the Suns and the other teams you guys have played lately have come out as the aggressor. What can you do to counter that? And you can expect the Clippers tomorrow night to pretty much try to do the same thing with you guys. When teams have been coming out and aggressive and trying to take us out of what we do offensively, and, uh, you know, it always takes us too long to to react. I think we just got to uh, always, like, analyze the situation, analyze the way they, they guard us and... Uh, you know, we have all the weapons to counter that aggressivity and uh, and keep our aggressivity. And tonight it took us a little too long to, to react again. All right, next up, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, what's the biggest problem right now defensively? Uh, to be honest, I think our defense was pretty good tonight. They hit, uh, I don't know how many points they score, 100 and... 106 maybe uh, I mean we we did a good job protecting the paint uh, we over helped a little too much we gave a little few a little too much corner threes to some of those shooters but uh, beside that they hit many many contested twos and uh, you know we we're gonna live with those shots that's that's our defense we just gotta take away the threes and uh, take away the transition and that, I think that starts with our offense and 
the, the aggressivity that we're going to have on offense. All right, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, we've heard from Quinn and Mike that, you know, and from you also, that, that opposing teams are now being aggressive with you guys. Is that the root source of your offensive issues these last few games, or is there something else to it? I think that's clearly what it is. You know, when, when teams are pushing us out of the spots, uh, you know, getting the, getting to us a little bit, we, we lose our force, and that can happen. You know, we, in a way, it's a great opportunity for us to get better. And it's something that, you know, once we clean that up, we're going to be able to, to score on everybody. But we got to, you know, we got to analyze the way they got us, uh, match the physicality, and we can let nobody take us out of what we do. We got all the reads, all the weapons, uh, all the creators. I mean, we got every everything we need to to just be able to counter every, any, defensive scheme. All right, and last question is from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. You look at the quick turnaround tomorrow and then you have a lot of games coming up in a short period of time. You look at that as a, a good thing to kind of iron out these issues? I mean, it's, uh, it's really early in the season. You know, we two and two. Um, you know, we lost two games where we think we should have won. But at the same time, those two games are, you know, great opportunities for us to 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 get better and to learn. So now we play a we play a great uh, a very good team tomorrow. Uh, you know, so it's a big game for us and uh, it's another opportunity for us to come out and uh, and do what we do and, and get a win. And at the end of the day, we, you know, we we're gonna keep getting better and uh, you know every game is a is a great opportunity for us. All right, that's all. Thank you. That was Rudy Gobert uh, right there in his uh, post-game comments. Uh, Tim, I thought it was interesting right out of the gate. He was asked what's going on with the defense. He said, oh, defense is pretty good. It's the offense is the issue right now. And I, that's what Locke was saying. That's what you were saying. That seems to be kind of the, the diagnosis. This wasn't necessarily a defensive problem tonight. It was the other side. Yeah, and it's a it's something that if, if you watch, I, I love the Jazz energy. Uh, certainly, you're gonna have a couple of breakdowns here and there defensively, um, but the more glaring issue is the offense. All right, we want to remind you, go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now. At Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall to the Suns at home, 106 to 95. We'll get you more player interviews coming up next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation for you, Subaru Retailer. Jazz fall to the Suns, 106-95. They're now 2-2 two and two on uh, on this young season. We're expected to hear from Donovan Mitchell uh, coming up here shortly. Let's get you your three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. The Jazz from three tonight, 12 of 34, 35.3%. Uh, Mike Conley was 4 of 8, Donovan Mitchell 3 of 8, Royce O'Neal 2 of 3, Joe Ingles 1 of 5, Jordan Clarkson 2 of 5, Boyan Bogdanovich 0 for 4, he was 0 for 5 tonight, 0 for 4 from 3, what's going on with Boyan? I think he's the he's one of the, the main guys, you know, he really does benefit from driving kicks, and his best shot is a catch and shoot face up 3, 
and that's something that teams are taking away. Right now, they're not allowing him to get any really easy looks, and, um, you know, that's a point where you got to, you know, you got to drive it, get yourself to the line. You know, he did get to the line four times, but um, the Jazz aren't going to be very good offensively with Boyan over uh, five and over four. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got to be kind of their second guy, right? Uh, you know, he was their second scorer last year, scored over 20 points per game. And uh, this year, and and I was, it was it might have been you and I talking off the air. Or I might have been talking with somebody else. But, uh, you know, the wrist thing, let's not forget about that either. He has a surgically repaired wrist that was in, oh, it was Austin who I was talking to about this. Uh, he, I believe he underwent that surgery in May right before they announced a return to the bubble. And, uh, you know, that's not that long ago as he's coming back. I, I wonder how much that uh, that is still bugging him. Could be a little bit. And, and he referred to it last game. He actually said when it got hit, that's when he started making shots. Feeling better, yeah. So maybe he needed to whack somebody in the head with it tonight. Um, but, you know, his game, and he's pretty consistent. So a night like tonight's kind of an outlier. Well, they need more from him, certainly, uh, on the offensive side. And, you know, after last year, uh, the offense was so good in the second part of the year, uh, certainly in the bubble, um, and the defense was a little bit lacking. And I'm, I'm a little bit surprised we're talking about uh, the offense struggling coming into this year uh, or at the beginning part of this year, particularly after the preseason, they look so good. Um, let's go uh, back down to the media room. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. Bad, y'all. Didn't mean to keep y'all waiting on New Year's. My fault. <laughs> no, we're good. Thank you. All right, we'll jump in uh, with Ryan McDonald, Desert News. Donovan, uh, what Quinn's brought up a few things um, like pick and roll. What is the the key to trying to to get past when they're they're pressuring you guys like Javon Carter? Is it pick and roll? Is it being more aggressive to the basket? What is the the key to that? Um, biggest thing is just playing through it and then you know teams are going to be physical with us and we just got to play you know we played aggressive we just didn't play smart and when I say smart I mean reads you know understand that they want to take one action away there's another action we have we have hundreds of reads um within our offense so if you take one away you know there should we're always should always be ready for the next one you know and we didn't do a good job of that um the pace slowed down which allowed them to be able to do that in the half court but you know, at the end of the day, give them credit for, for taking us out of our actions. But we got to be sharper on the offensive end to, to play through those things. Uh, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Um, the other issue where you guys seemed to struggle tonight was in maybe overhelping into drives, on drives into the lane and, and giving up those corner threes. Uh, Phoenix goes 17 of 33 tonight. What was the issue there, as, as you saw, in terms of allowing all those open looks? Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're trying to help each other too much. Uh, I don't, I think there was, I don't think it's a lack of focus. I think it's just, you know, we got to understand, be solid, you know, and trust that, you know, whether it's Royce and Rudy, Mike and Rudy, myself and Rudy, Joan, Rudy, Joan Faye, whatever it is that they're playing the pick and roll the right way. Um, I had a few lapses myself. We, we all did as far as trying to, to help, you know, it's, 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 it's weird to say, but we were trying to help. But then we were getting in trouble trying to help each other, if that makes sense. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just trusting the defense and trusting, you know, you have the two-time defensive player of the year back there. You know, make them have to score over him. Uh, we're trying to give him too much help, and then that opens up corner threes, and now we're all scrambling, and then against the heart of the defense, or they hit the threes, and I think they shot 50% or something like that from three. But um, that's really what it is. 
Okay. Uh, Christos Saltas from uh, Sports DNA out of Greece. Hello, Donovan. I would like to ask you uh, how you worried about uh, the defense because you uh, scoring 40 points in the first half against uh, the Suns tonight, and also your percentage, especially in the three-point shot, was right, uh, sorry. on the. Can, can you turn them up? I can't hear him. Can you turn them up a little bit? Yeah. Sorry. You hear me now? One you second. Now? I just can't. I think it's it's me. It's me. It's not you. I just can't hear you. Mm -hmm. So the loudest it goes. Sorry, try try it again. Sorry, yeah, boss. You hear you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would like to ask you how you worried about uh, the offensive end because you scored uh, 40 points on uh, the first half and uh, your shot percentage on uh, three-point shot wasn't uh, on the same level that uh, the other games. How you worried? And what was the biggest lesson of uh, tonight's game? Um, you said my shooting percentage. I mean, I mean shooting the ball like I mean, there's, there's no other way around it. Um, just got to keep pushing. Um, at the end of the day, just got to keep working. I've worked. I trust my work and trust the process to stay the course. You know, that's, you know, everybody, you know, looks at me as a guy to kind of create on offense, not just with scoring, but with everything. And, you know, just got to be more efficient. And, um, you know, I'll figure it out. Uh, it'll come. But it's, it's right now it's hurting us. And um, I take that upon myself to be better. Uh, but there's no other way around him just not shooting well or playing well, to be honest. All right, and last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, have you had the chance to reflect on 2020 at all and kind of what this year was for you personally? Um, it's been a long year. Um, it's kind of technically had three seasons in one year. Um, it's It's been wild. You know, I've, I've had, it's had its ups and downs for me personally, um, but Honestly, I haven't had time to reflect on it. I'm still thinking about the game. Uh, I'm just thankful that I have my, my family, my mom, and my sister, you know, and everything, everything's good. And my grandmother's watching over us, my, my dad. Um, you know, I'm thankful to be playing the sport that I love and, you know, get to do that into the into the new year. And, you know, hopefully 2021 is a better year for as a, as a, as a whole for the, for the world, not just myself. And, you know, just staying with it. Um, yeah. Thank you, Donovan. That's all. Have a good night. Happy New Year. Donovan Mitchell, um, really with some some honest comments there. And Donovan tonight, 9 of 23, 23.6 rebounds and uh, three assists. Uh, had some colorful language describing the way he's shooting the ball, but uh, said he's not playing well. And, uh, you know, Donovan, well, let me put it this way. Uh, after the, the, the Clipper game where they lost to Dallas, they were down by 50 at the half or whatever. Paul George had the attitude in the postgame like, bah, it's fine. Or whatever, you know, on to the next one. Uh, you know, hearing players be honest about uh, about when they're playing well or playing poorly, I think is, um, I, I like the honesty of it all, I guess. Yeah, that might be the most encouraging thing that happened tonight in my mind is, you know, the, the fact that your star, you know, there's so many opportunities for him to make an excuse. Um, but, hey, he, he called it like it was in, and we all know and we've seen what the very top of Donovan's game looks like, and this is nowhere near it. And, um, and he's the first to know that. And it's not by, you know, it's, it's funny because it, it is a real marathon this season, and we get caught up in the day-to-day -day part of it. But these guys are, you know, I, I guarantee you Donovan's probably going to go shoot tonight, the type of guy he is. So um, 
that that was probably to me that conversation right there and how real and honest and accountable it was uh, that bodes well in my mind yeah I, accountability that's that's a great word for it and uh donovan was certainly that and he's the leader of this team and you know he's the you know, Rudy leads and Joe leads and all that, but I, I mean, he's the best offensive player on this basketball team, and he's the one who sets the tone. Um, you and I have talked a lot, or uh, we talked a lot off the air tonight uh, about shot selection, and his shot selection needs to be better. And it seems like even when he's getting momentum toward the rim and he's he's trying to take a shot there, it's being heavily contested, and and he's having trouble even with those those shots. So, I mean, he's going to have to figure out a way to get himself open and get that confidence back. Yeah, and it is, it's, it's another look now. So he's being guarded differently than he was, and, and the team's being guarded differently. Teams really are taking a lot, a lot of kick, kickouts, and guys are going to have to finish um, more difficult shots to kind of break that. Um, it's not something, you know, that every great player hasn't been through. Um, I don't think, you know, we got a tweet earlier saying, don't sugarcoat it. I don't think there's any of that. I think it's uh, – I think this is – you know, it's disappointing, it's frustrating, um, but I would say that it just shows you in this league, um, you know, we in our own minds say, oh, this team's not good and this team's good and whatever. They're full of pros that, I'm telling you, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, when they get it going, that, and Bridges, the way he played tonight. Yeah, he was great. Um, so, it really, they did what they had to do offensively and the Jazz didn't. Right. But, I mean, people overreacting about the Jazz. This is a good squad. I mean, this was, oh, a, this was a squad that, uh, what, was seated fifth last year in the Western Conference. It should be better because they added a player like uh, like Derek Favors, and they're a year more together. So, you know, I know there's – it's funny. You you follow Twitter, and it's it's all, you know, overreactionary or whatever. You know, it's all right. This, uh, this squad won a bunch of games last year. And I don't even think reached their potential by any means last year. So there's another gear. And and Donovan Mitchell, he's going to figure it out. You know, he's he was the number one. He's been the number one scoring threat on this team since basically the day he stepped on the roster. I mean, he's been uh, having big games against players like Mikel Bridges his entire career. And he he will again. He just struggled uh, tonight, and he's having struggle. He's struggling to find his game these last few games, but. Um, you know, have faith in Donovan Mitchell. He's shown you can do it more than he hasn't. Yeah, no, he's honest about it. He understands that he's got to play better. And I'm telling you, that's having been around it a long time, that's more than half the battle. Because if they come in and they're starting to point fingers at, hey, you're not getting me the shots I need, or, you know, this guy's not screening for me, they start pointing fingers, that's when you got issues. But yep. when guys are accountable and say, hey, got to play better, that's that's actually a really good sign. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 106-95 is your final. The Jazz fall to the Suns. Coming up next, we'll have your play of the game, and we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one before we look to the Clippers tomorrow night. Stay tuned. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Hand off for Donovan. Coming up, Gobert wiggles, pops, dunk, Rudy Gobert! Jazz game night, post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. You heard Locke on the call right there for the play of the game. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. For service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Tough night. For the Jazz tonight, they fall at home to the Phoenix Suns, 106-95. Jake Scott, 
Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz were led tonight by Donovan Mitchell, 23 points uh, on 9 of 23 shooting, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. The Suns were led by Devin Booker, 25 points on 10 of 17 shooting, uh, 7 assists and 3 rebounds. I'll tell you what, if you give up 25 to Booker and he only has to take 17 shots to get there, that's going to be real tough to win those basketball games. That's a that's a great game for him. Yeah, he he definitely sh- he's shown maturity, shown growth. Um, he's cut a couple shots out of his his repertoire, and you know he's kind of becoming more of a ball mover. And like David said in the broadcast, you know they're four and one now. Yeah, and and have one heck of a defense, which is is I don't want to say random, but I certainly would no, not. No, it have, is random. I would not have predicted that. And I know it's a, you know how many games have they played? Five games. It's only five games into the season, but. Hey, good for them. I, I never would have predicted that. Yeah, and but I can see how that, you know, and they played good offensive teams. Um, so I can see where, you know, when as, as I told you, I was prepping for this game. I'm like, are they really that good defensively? And uh, they looked the part tonight. They looked really engaged, had a plan, and made really, you know, everything the Jazz do did really difficult. Monty Williams is a good coach. I've, uh, I've always liked him. I thought that was a good hire for the Suns a couple years ago. I, I don't necessarily think uh, Coach Kakashkov got a real fair shake, but um, Monty Williams, I thought, was a really good hire. And interestingly enough, he turned down the Laker job to take this Phoenix job. So, you know, to do that, um, he obviously must have thought this Suns team had some potential. Yeah, and he's got some he, a really interesting way. You know, they, they run some interesting offensive sets and – I actually liked kind of the scheme tonight. We did a great job of, of frustrating the Jazz with their scheme at, at times um, and, and forced the Jazz into really kind of doing things they didn't want to do. That's At the end of the day, that's what the game's about. I mean, you go into a game, you want to take away their strengths and make them do something they don't want to do. And uh, that, that, seemed to be, <laughs> that seemed to sum up the, the Jazz night tonight, especially offensively. They were doing things that they didn't want to do. A lot of uh, uh, ugly offensive possessions, uh, not a lot of great shots. It, uh, and I know we keep bringing up the Portland game, but you know the, the shots that they took in the Portland game were, were just easy and came with the flow, and they were open, and you couldn't really look at many shots they took that night and say, wow, that was a bad shot. Uh, but uh, tonight, everything was harder, and it seemed like we saw a lot more bad shots from this Jazz team. And it will be a it'll be a process to figure out. You know, this is you, you remember when teams started kind of changing the way they guarded ball screens with Rudy, and the lob was all there, and then all of a sudden it wasn't there because yep. of the way they guarded. The ebbs and flows of that they'll they'll get to. This is a great coaching staff, um, and they'll get to that point where they drill this enough, and they've seen it enough that they know the counters, they know how to respond to it, and then team will throw something else at them, yep. and they got to dig into that. Uh, also for the Jazz, Rudy really was pretty good tonight from a stat line perspective. Uh, 18.7 of 9 shooting and 14 rebounds and a block. Mike Conley, 16 points on 5 of 13 shooting. Uh, 5 rebounds and 4 assists for him tonight, too. Derek Favors had 10 coming in off the bench. Jordan Clarkson had 12 uh, off the bench on 5 of 11 shooting. He had 5 rebounds and, uh, and 2 assists. Again, Clarkson was lucky to stay in this game after pushing the referee in the first half. I wonder if he'll be hearing from the NBA after they review that one a little bit. Yeah. I honestly think the ref didn't throw him out because he felt bad he got in the way. Yeah, he, he actually saw, you know, his part of it that he kind of impacted the play. But, yeah, you, I hope they don't go do something. But it, 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 in my mind, that's probably something they'll look at. And my guess is there'll probably be a fine of some sort. You know, the NBA referees, well, referees in general, are, are actually pretty good at getting out of the way. I'm surprised that that doesn't happen more. 
Yeah, I used to ref practice. And, yeah, if you're not in your spot, you you will get run over. Yeah, right. Um, and it was hard because I was a coach and would ref practice, so you're, you're a tad bit late because you're trying to process what's going on, and all of a sudden they're coming right back at you. So head on a swivel when you're refing. What kind of referee were you? Was, would there have to be blood for that whistle no, to get called? I, I think I was... I think I was just shy of phenomenal. Just shy of phenomenal. <laughs> just a, just a notch tablet. below phenomenal. You know, I believe that. All right, uh, Tim, uh, we don't have long um, to uh, to think about this one because the Clippers are in town coming up tomorrow night. Uh, give us your kind of final thoughts on this game as uh, we look forward to that one. Well, it's we've talked about what this team needs to do. Um, you know, there is a there's probably at some level a disconnect amongst uh, everybody. And Quinn alluded to this, guys. Everybody doing what he's asking, uh, whether it be running hard or cutting hard, or moving the ball um, or playing through a little bit of physicality. Those are things that they just uh, they'll they'll have an opportunity to see tomorrow night. Uh, the Clippers are a, uh, as we know, a phenomenal team. Uh, they have the physicality to throw guys around and really create the same sort of scheme. So in my mind, the jazz will have, you know, basically 24, you know, 20 hours to kind of decompress with this one, get a game plan together and understand that they're going to see probably physicality again and overplaying and see what they can do to, to do a little better job attacking it. That's got to be the nice part of NBA basketball, right? I mean, you don't have no. really any time to dwell on anything. You got to forget about it and and move on. You got a game tomorrow. And there is nothing worse than operating on a loss. Everything just is awful. Food doesn't taste very good. Um, people talk to you and you kind of drift off and thought, yeah, it, it is not fun on the losing end, but they don't have to sit on it like we used to have to sit on it for four or five days. They can get right back at yeah. it tomorrow. All right. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, uh, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone calling all the action uh, tonight. Terrific job by them. Thanks to Alex Lumberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to our co-host in the pregame show, Ryan Smith. How about that? Yeah, that was awesome. That Great was to have really Ryan cool. on. And you can see why people, uh, why he's been really successful and why he really has changed, um, you know, perception, at least in the tech world and business world uh, on Utah. And my hope is, you know, he talked about it at length, but it was great to have him on. He, he uh, is not short of vision. Is no, he? He, and I mean, he just, it's almost like he doesn't, he, that's all he sees is vision, yeah. you know, which is, is awesome. It and is cool. Really yeah. cool. Seriously, big thanks to him for for dropping by with the pregame show. That was uh, that was really really great. Uh, Jazz come up short tonight, one hundred six to ninety five to the Phoenix Suns. Next up for the Utah Jazz, the L A Clippers in this building tomorrow night. Game uh, tip off will be at seven o'clock. Pregame coverage begins at six. Tim, thank you very much. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. I'm, I really am grateful to work with you, Jake, and uh, it, it, looking forward to getting this taste out of our mouth tomorrow. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Thanks for doing it. We'll talk to you in 2021 right here on the Jazz Radio Network.